can do business with God if we, if we rebuild the altars. Praise God. And reuse the altars. They're not just ornaments. They are, are places where we do business with God. Hallelujah. I think the laying on of hands uh, many times through anointed servants of the Lord has taken place uh, of the altar in many situations. So people are always dependent on someone being their go-between. And Jesus is the mediator between God and man. We can introduce you. We can pray for you. There's anointings to lay on hands, and we do that here. But ultimately, you need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And you need an altar not just here. You need to make an altar at your home uh, where you can get alone with God and just bow down before him and, and pour, your, pour your heart out before him. I want to return to a, a message that I, I believe is so important. We, we can't emphasize enough the soon coming of the Lord. If we were receiving Holy Communion this morning, we would be talking about the bread, we would be talking about the juice, and we would be talking about doing this in remembrance of Him. And as often as we drink that juice, that fruit of the vine, representing His shed blood, the Bible said we do S-H-E-W, we do proclaim openly and publicly the Lord's death till He come. There was not a communion service since the instituting of the communion service at the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper, uh, in, in the Passover Supper that they ate, and, and the Christian tradition and faith followed that. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me, and in every one of those events, you show the Lord's death till he come. So they were looking back toward the cross where he shed his blood, for us, but they were looking forward because of the cross to his coming back for us. And I believe it's that hope that keeps people going on under the pressures of persecution and the pressures of that, that uh, the enemy is going to bring living in faulty bodies in a fallen world. So there was a watchword that they had, and I want to mention it real briefly today for just a little while. When they greeted one another in the first century church, because they were always looking for the soon coming of the Lord. And in fact, the reason there are scoffers right now is so much time has passed. And the Bible said in the last days concerning that particular message and that particular reality and truth, scoffers will come in the last days. They're here now. And, and walking in their own lust and saying this specific thing about that truth. Where is the sign of his coming? Where is the sign of his coming? For ever since our fathers, back down through the, the lineage, ever since they have died, <laughs> everything remains the same to this day. But he said, but, but for this they are willingly ignorant of. This is the truth they don't want to face. The fact they do not want to take to heart. A day is a thousand years with the Lord and a thousand years as one day. So 2,000 years is like two days in light of eternity. But God puts it in a context so we can begin to comprehend it just a little bit. So he's saying, don't think that because time has passed that my coming isn't going to occur. It is going to occur. And he won't let them provoke him to coming prematurely. Because it goes on to say, but he's long-suffering. Love suffereth long. Not willing that any perish but that all have eternal life. Now, there's a message, uh, and I want to get into a whole lot of d 
doctrine in terms of the arguable things, but there's a message out there about election that when you're born, you're born to go to heaven, you're born to die. Well, then he wills somebody to perish, and it's not his will that any perish. That's why he said go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. There's no in-between. There's no middle ground. You're in one group or the other sitting here this morning. You're either saved, washed in the blood of Jesus, sealed by the Holy Spirit, or you're lost and you will be damned. What does it mean to be damned? It means to be banished from the presence of God and punished eternally. It's a message that is not popular. It doesn't matter. God is not going to change the message to fit the culture. We're living in a culture where there are no absolutes. But in the kingdom, everything is absolute. We're in a culture where it says that, that you, you, you can't say absolutely anything. But in the kingdom of God, you've got to say absolutely everything. In the culture, there are many ways to God. To say there's only one way to God would be politically incorrect. It would be socially <laughs> ungraceful. You would be really persecuted for saying that Jesus is the only way to God. It was a best, that's why the bestseller to the world, not to the church, but to the world, one of the bestsellers was uh, uh, walking toward the light, or it's something about the light. This lady said she died, and she went to supposedly heaven, and she met the, the light in heaven, and, and the light was Jesus, and the Jesus she met in heaven told her that every world religion, God made them. And so, in other words, this is the lie. Now, by, let me tell you something about the devil. Here's, here's the deal. I have no doubt she saw a light. For the Bible said it's no marvel if Satan himself be transformed as an angel of light. And his ministers as ministers of righteousness. So we've got to be real careful about... Putting the Bible down and reading somebody's experience, that's subjective. I don't know what, she, I, I know what she, I know she didn't meet the Christ of the Bible. Whoever she met might have said, I'm Jesus. Amen. In fact, I had my car worked on one time at Firestone, and guess who signed my receipt that did the work? Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Jesus in Spanish. <laughs> Can you say amen? amen? Well, he wasn't the Jesus of the Bible. And how do you know she didn't meet the real Jesus? Because of what he said. See, the Apostle Paul said, even if an angel bring another gospel, let him be anathema. That's the strongest word for God's judgment that can ever possibly be used. And so we're supposed to check out angels, not because they're glowing and supernatural and it looks so holy and wonderful, but when they open their mouth. And that's why God gave us His Word, so that we could know the difference. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the... Oh, you can't try the spirits by your, your, your own little feelings and your own intellect. You have to know the Word of God. And the Bible said of the last days something else would mark it. When shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming in Matthew 24? Many false prophets shall go out into the land. And this is what's so disconcerting. And they shall deceive many. 
First John said, the spirit of Antichrist doth already work. And, and John went on to say, we have, a, we have an unction from the Holy One. Whereby, whereby we, can, we can perceive the difference. We have an unction from the Holy One. And that word unction in the Greek means a special anointing to know truth. A particular, peculiar anointing. So many times people want the Holy Ghost so they can join the, t- the tongue-talking club. So that they can, they can, you know, be accepted as spiritual. The moment you say, come tie my bow tie, then you're okay, you're in. Amen? Everybody was after power. That's why so many Pentecostals and crazy-matics like myself, charismatic, I believe in the gifts of the Spirit, the full gospel. But I had to learn to discern. I had to learn to discern. Strong meat, the real truth of the Word, belongs to those that are of full age. That by reason of the exercise of that unction that we have from Him, the exercises of their senses are able to discern good and evil. You say, Brother Venable, it's clear. Good is an angel of light. Evil is a guy with a pitchfork with horns and a long pointed tail in a red suit. Well, if it was that simple, we wouldn't need a special anointing from God to know truth. But it's not that simple. I have met people that I thought were saints when I first met them. I have. But time went on. And I'll tell you, I've talked with people and found out where they're coming from and where, what they believe about Jesus. Every spirit that does not confess, John said in 1 John. That Jesus has come in the flesh. That God has become incarnate. That Jesus was God, literally. Is Antichrist. It's not just a person that's going to come on the scene that Satan is going to control and, 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 and inhabit, literally. There's a spirit of Antichrist that was already working in the first generation of Christians. And it's never stopped working to this very day. Don't go to the History Channel if you want to know something about Jesus. Go to the Word of God. There's some professors on there that's got so many degrees, they call them Dr. Fahrenheit. Ever learning, as Paul said. Never coming to the knowledge of the truth. But when He, Jesus said, when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, Too many Pentecostals in particular, because I'm from that background, we got in this for the power, not for the person. And we got in it for the power and not for the truth. And we were easily misled because when we heard someone speak in tongues, we assumed that they were dedicated Christians. How could anybody speak in tongues and not be a Christian? devil knows how to talk and mimic. For the sake of our new people, I told you about the lady that we knew. She was a prayer warrior. She prayed in English. She prayed in tongues. She had a prayer meeting at her home once a week. She had a minor bird. Minor birds are good at mimicking. Have anybody ever heard of minor bird? 
they, to me personally, they can talk plainer than parrots. I had, I had a mini macaw, very unusual bird. We owned a mini macaw. We named him Davy. And Davy didn't just parrot what I said. He knew when to say and what to say. He had to have intelligent thought. I didn't try, ever try one time to teach him to talk. But I would come in out of the heat, I'd take him outside, and, and, and the squirrels would come and get peanuts out of my pocket. Davy would sit on my shoulder, and he thought that was the greatest thing. One day a hawk came and almost got him, and he ran around under my neck, and the hawk swooped down and almost got Davy off of my shoulder. But we would come in out of the heat. It'd get pretty hot. I'd start to sweat. I'd come in. We'd come in the back porch, and we had a little little air conditioner back there, a little 5,000 BTU, and it'd keep the heat out of there. We'd come in the back porch, and, and, and I would say, all right. I wasn't even thinking about the bird. I was just saying, all right. Did that for about six weeks. Came in. I didn't say anything. Davey said, all right. <laughs> And he never said it about anything else except coming in and out of the heat. I gave him an animal cookie every day before I went to work. And I would take a shower, put on my work clothes, go out and give him an animal cookie. And that was his, his treat every single day from me. So <laughs> I, 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 would, I, would say, I would say, here, Davey, here's, here's your treat. Here's your treat. And then after a while, uh, he would start saying whatever I said to him when I'd give him the treat. At night, we'd put him to bed. I'd say, night, night time, night, night time. We'd forget to cover him up. And out of the clear blue, he'd say, night, night time. He's sleepy. He wants to be covered up. And if we didn't cover him up, he'd say, night, night time. Put the emphasis on it. So, okay, we'll cover the old bird up. You don't want to watch TV with us? We'll cover you up. So somebody mimicking tongues is no big deal if a bird, bird brain can figure that out. I know the devil can figure it out. It's an intelligent being. I would say, Daddy's got a cookie. Daddy's got a cookie. He'd come down and get his cookie. One day... I forgot to give it to him. I was headed out the door. Dad got cookie? <laughs> and I'd take him the cookie back. He was a great bird. Never taught him anything. He just learned how to say those things. So the devil is an intelligent being. And the armor is not a power against power situation. It's not two powers and see which one is greater. you got the greater one. You do have the greater power. But this is not about power. The armor is to stand against the wiles. Say it with me. Wiles of the devil. And the word wiles in the Greek means strategy of deceit. And it's deception. Many false prophets shall go out into the land and deceive many. Deceive many. Deceive many. No marvel if Satan himself be transformed as an angel of light. You know why he's so good at mimicking and manifesting as an angel of light? Because he was an angel of light before the fall. 
He had a name that was not negative, and yet when you hear it today, because of the fall, it's negative. His name was Lucifer. Lucifer. And he said, I want to be like the Most High. I want to sit in the congregation. I'm going to say it again, heaven's in the north. The congregation of the north. Amen. I want to be like the Most High. If we ever get into the study of the book of Revelation, we're going to discover that his whole plan during the tribulation is to be like the Most High. To mimic his person and his miracles. And the Antichrist will confirm him. And there's, the, there's this trinity of workers, the false prophet, the Antichrist. And, and you can see in the devil, that old dragon, you can see it all. He wants to be like the Most High. His name was Lucifer. And he was that anointed cherub that ministered in the presence of God. And pipes, the Bible said. He led the worship in heaven from angels to God. Pipes were created in him. He was created a being that could be an instrument at the same time. A supernatural being with, with the ability to lead praise and have his own background music. Wow, pipes were created in him. Lucifer, you know what it means? His name was Lucifer, a very high-ranking angel in heaven before the fall. Lucifer. Now, you may have a pit bull named Lucifer. But I bet you don't have a child named Lucifer. Amen? Or at least I hope you don't. Because after the fall, Lucifer is associated with one we now know as the devil and Satan. But Lucifer means light bearer. Light bearer. So no marvel. It's no big deal. He can pull this off very well. He was in the presence of God. He knows how to mimic the real. And some Pentecostals are so spiritually conscious that anything they feel that's supernatural, they interpret as the Holy Spirit. Beloved, believe not every spirit. But try the spirits and see if they be of God. Well, how do you try a spirit? Well, you get so spiritually sensitive, you just know. Now listen, there are flags, but you're never going to get that sensitive. It's all about when the angel that looks like a true angel, and you can't tell from an angel because he's manifesting as an angel, it's when he opens his mouth. And when he begins to speak. And if an angel bring another gospel, that's how you try the Spirit. Can you say, man? And if you're not trying it that way, you're not qualified to try a Spirit. You're going to get a hold of the wrong Spirit. And I've seen the mess that it makes. I've seen the mess that it makes. The mess that it makes. The, the terrible shipwreck that it brings. Lady Evangelist in Plant City, Florida, held a revival at our church. Got super spiritual. These were friends of my father. I knew them personally. I knew her children. She said, God told me to leave my husband, 
because he's kind of like a, he drags me down. He's not on the same spiritual level as I am. And God wants my ministry to go forward and to really prosper and be fruitful. And God told me to leave my husband, number one. He'd contradict his word if he did that. But when you get into this realm of, of the word is not your foundation, but your leadings and your feelings, you're open to be deceived. God told me, by the way, Pentecostals lined up to be prayed for by her because she had a prophecy to say over everybody she laid hands on. Some people fell out, supposedly under the power of God. That's not verification in and of itself. So she left her husband. And God showed her a man that would be her partner in ministry. He too had a quote-unquote prophetic anointing. And there are real prophetic anointings. I'm not questioning that. I question everybody and everything, including myself. I want to be like that little boy that, well, he's a young boy. First job, 14 years old. He's working on the weekends at the grocery store, putting pork and beans on the shelf, taking out the trash. First job he ever had, he wanted to make good at it. His name is Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson called up the manager, his boss at the grocery store on the phone. He spoke real low, tried to disguise his voice. And he said, can you tell me something about that young man, Jimmy Johnson? Is he doing a good job? The manager said, he's a good worker. He's a hard worker. Of course, Jimmy forgot to keep his voice low. He got so excited. He spoke in his regular voice and he said, well, I was just wanted to check up on him and see how he was doing. And the boss said to him, that's Jimmy, is that you? <laughs> he said, yeah, it's me. He said, well, why are you asking me how you're doing? He said, because I want to keep my job and I'm just checking up on myself. Amen. I want to check up on me. I like to hear another preacher beside me preach something that I have preached. I don't want to be the only one with an exclusive message. I know I know, Chuck Swindoll don't believe it like I do about the Holy Ghost, but there's a whole lot of things we agree on. I'm glad to hear some confirmation. I would like to think that I could be invited to a church that doesn't believe as we do in terms of the Pentecostal experience, but we believe the Bible, praise God. In fact, I know a preacher right now, he don't understand tongues, he, I, but, but he, he, he said, but it's in the Bible. <laughs> and he said, but I don't understand all of that, but I know you. I've been around you enough that I know you. And I know that you love the Lord. And I know that you believe the Word of God. And I know that you teach and preach the Word of God. Amen. So whether, whether, he's, whether he seeks and gets the Holy Ghost, I hope he does. But even if he don't, that's not going to keep him out of heaven. Amen. We used to think that too. But that's not the case. Listen to me carefully. So this lady, and i got to tell you this, but it's, it's vitally important in this day of deception that we get into the Word of God, get the Word of God in us, and that we don't go by our feelings and experiences, that we, we stand firm on the Word of God. And we test not the personality of people, but the message that they're bringing. If it's wrong, it's wrong. 
Whether they talk in tongues or not is irrelevant. If it's wrong, it's wrong. When He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. Praise God. And if you continue in His Word, John 30 and 31, you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. I was going into the to eat lunch and somebody said because they were telling somebody the truth about their ugly hairdo and he said well I didn't mean any harm trying to get me to back him up and get his foot out of his mouth can you say <laughs> he said preacher when I was by vocational work for a while at a production plant preacher didn't the Bible say the truth will set you free and see that's part of it that's not all of it that's the 31st verse of St. John 8. 30th verse said, if you... And I said, no, that's not what it says. It says, if you continue in my word, not continually put your foot in your mouth. Amen. You can't just criticize people's hair on the job. You can get fired. It can be harassment. That's the truth. Since Ruth is here today, that's the truth, Ruth. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I said, no, it says if you continue in my word. That's how you get the truth. Continue in my word. You will know the truth. You won't just know it intellectually or spiritually, but you'll know it experientially. Because if you abide in him... And His Word, John 15, abide in you. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. You'll ask what you will. Not because you've just built your faith to that level, because faith comes by hearing, but because you, you are applying God's Word to your life, and God's Word is His will in so many circumstances. And when you don't know His will, you, you're supposed to say according to the Word, not my will, but thy will be done. Can you say amen? So that you're always praying in the will of God. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, remain constant in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be given you. I've spoken these things unto you, amen, that my joy might be in you so that your joy might be full. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So this lady got this leading. She said she's already off track. She's already violating Scripture. She never stopped speaking in tongues. She never stopped prophesying. And Pentecostals, do, 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 I'm not being mean, but I just song comes to mind. Do 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 do. Just goofy. It's goofy. There's doctrines out there that violate the Scripture. But people are twisting the Scripture. When Satan came to Jesus, what did he do? He used Scripture. He didn't just come with a barefaced lie. He took a truth and he twisted it. It is written, <laughs> the devil said. And you can see the, the, the sword fight with the real truth. I didn't cut your hand off. Lord have mercy. Turn loose of the sheath. 
It was a sword fight. It was a duel. It is written. The devil said and quoted Scripture wrong. And Jesus said, it is written and quoted it right. And the devil took a hit. But he didn't give up. He tried again. He said, well, it says in the Scripture that, that if you jump off of here, angels will bear you up. So what's keeping you from jumping off? It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. That puts it in context. Can you say, the devil took another hit. He took him up to a mountain and showed him the kingdoms of this world, tried to tempt him. <laughs> and, and he said, it's in my power to give you all of this. And Jesus said, now, it's, you sure serve no other God. You bow, bow to no other God. It is written and he give it to him again. Three scriptures out of one book, an old ancient book, Deuteronomy. Three scriptures from Deuteronomy. Jesus said, it is written, it is written, it is written. And the Bible said the devil, the devil tempteth him no more that day. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Well, listen, you can use the same sword, the same word, the same it is written for every day. That he comes to do that. But you got to know the truth for the truth to set you free. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. Sanctify them through thy word, O Lord. Thy word is truth. Heaven will pass away. Earth will pass away. But my word will abide forever and forever, forever and forever. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. The word of the Lord is tried as silver is tried. It's heated until all the impurities are out of it. Hallelujah. So you can't go with the trends and you can't follow personality preachers. Pentecostal church in our day, I remember when I used to teach Sunday school. Eight people came. Eight people out of over a hundred in the morning service. Eight people showed up to learn something. The others showed up to get hands laid on, to get a prayer of faith prayed, to get an unctionized preaching. I must say, if you go to sleep while I'm preaching, you are fatigued. Can you say amen? You, yes, I, I, I don't speak in monotones. I don't stand still as a rule. <laughs> I try to make eye contact as long as you got eyes that are open. We're in a serious day. I'm astounded to see so many people following so much error in a day when we're warned about it so clearly. In the last days, the Spirit it speaketh expressly. Speaks to this issue in a direct, distinct way, expressly. In the latter days, some shall depart from the faith, that body of truth that was once delivered. What are we to do with that truth? Paul said it's already under attack in the first generation of Christians. I suppose he said in Jude, it's needful that I write unto you that you earnestly contend. That means put up a real fight. Can you say, man, you earnestly, you get serious about this thing and you earnestly contend for the faith 
that was once delivered unto the saints because there's no other gospel that can be preached than has been preached. Can you say man? Hallelujah. God gave us it incomplete. He's not adding to it. There's nobody getting a new, different revelation today. He, he gave it to us in that body of truth through the apostles and the prophets with Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Anybody here with Indian in them? You got Indian. What kind do you know? Mohawk. Your hair don't look like that. I, no, I'm just kidding. I, I know, I know, I know. You don't have to get a mohawk to be a mohawk. Even mohawks don't have a mohawk. You got Indian? What kind? Seminole. All right. Seminole wind. Choctaw. Wow, we got a lot of Indians. I said we didn't have doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs. I may be wrong. Blackfoot. That's funny. You're... Oh, okay. All right. She put on black shoes, hide them black feet. I understand. I have Cherokee. I didn't know it for years and years and years, but my daddy's great-grandmother was full but a Cherokee. Her name was Laura, not a Cherokee name. She took an English name and married his great-great-grandpa. So I've got Cherokee in me. One great statement that I heard from an Indian that had received Jesus at the turn of the century had started reading the Bible and seen Jesus called the chief cornerstone <laughs> said I know God loves Indians because Jesus is the chief cornerstone can you say man he is he is the cornerstone of our faith the central figure in our faith is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. And when we get out of the Bible and we quit focusing on Jesus and we just focus on experiences and, and revelations that people say they have, we get into a place where we are vulnerable to be deceived. And this woman became deceived after teaching the Bible, preaching the Bible, prophesying over people. But she didn't listen to the Holy Spirit. She didn't stay with the Word of God. The Word of God did. She became blinded. If she stayed with the truth, she'd have never got into the mess. But she got into the mess. And she married this guy. And of course, this guy was a false prophet. This guy was really way out there. She thought they were going to be a team. They went up into Georgia holding revivals out of the state of Florida. When some people in the state of Florida said, you know, this whole marriage thing has disqualified her. But you see, we're in a day of a cheap grace that you can do anything you want to in the name of God's love and it's all going to be all right. Listen, you've got to stay with the Word of God. You've got to stay with it. i got to stay with it. I'm going to answer for your soul. Anyone I have any influence over, I've got to give an account for your soul. So whether I get your smile or not, or your offering or not, that's not the big deal. I've got to stand before Almighty God, whether you ever come back or not. I've got to answer to Almighty God. And that's why Paul knew that. And he said, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. If I tell not the truth, woe is me. He said, I have not shunned to declare unto you, not the parts of the Bible that people are grabbing hold of, piecemeal, cafeteria style, 
He said, I've not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, I am pure from the blood of all men. If you miss heaven, he said, it won't be because I didn't tell you the whole truth. There are ministers who boast in the fact that they never preach about sin, ever. My people come in, they're beat down, they just need lifting up. 30,000 people attend every Sunday and hundreds of thousands read the books and watch the television. How in the world would we be convicted of sin and forgiven our sin? If sin is never brought up as an issue that needs to be addressed. By the way, don't ever get bent out of shape if you find yourself convicted of sin. It's a loving act of God to save you from sin's consequence. Can you say, man, conviction makes you uncomfortable. I like what one preacher said. He said, God anointed me to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. Can you say, man? I like what Vance Abner said. He said, a lot of times people tell me that I'm rubbing the cat the wrong way. He said, all I can tell my critics are, turn the cat around. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. Repentance will bring restoration. It'll bring blessing. It'll put you in a safe place if you respond to God's call. God's truth will set you free from deception and from the destruction. Listen, the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. And if the good man had known what hour the thief was coming, he would not. If the strong man had known what hour the thief was coming, he would not have suffered his house to be plundered. He would have met him at the door. In my neighborhood, he would met him with a weapon and a pit bull and a Rottweiler and a baseball bat and a double barrel shotgun. I live in a neighborhood full of folks like that. I'm going to tell you something about your little preacher. If a thief is coming down my road and hitting every house, and the cops say, we're trying to catch him, but he's coming down your road right now, so just be aware until we get there. I am not going to go back to bed. I am not going to go to sleep. I'm going to be waiting. And when he come to my door, I'm going to be like the, see, see you've got to understand my neighborhood, my hood. Out in the country. I don't live in the country. I live in Plant City. But a lot of country folks in Plant City. Signs up on pasture land that said, due to the high cost of ammunition, we will no longer be able to fire a warning shot. Sorry for the inconvenience. Really? (laughs) Signs, signs, Signs like this that say... No trespassing. Trespassers will be shot. If they survive, they will be shot again. <laughs> you might, I might just be a redneck. I'm not sure about that. 
Well, I am part Indian, but that's not that kind of redneck. Deception. It's amazing to me with a Bible that we're told to search the Scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. In them, not in him or her, but in them because they will always point you to Christ and always take you to the safety of truth. Praise God. No, no, it doesn't say you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. It says if you continue in my word, then you'll know the truth. And the truth that you find in that word will make you free. Praise God. We have an unction from the Holy One. Hereby we know the Spirit of Christ from the Spirit of Antichrist, even if the Spirit of Antichrist is parading as Christ. Hereby we know. Every, and listen, it's the Word that is the test. The Word is the test. If any Spirit says, anyone says, there's that Word again. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus has come in the flesh, that God became man, that Jesus was God. It's all in there. Here's what Jesus said about salvation. Every world religion claims their way is the right way. I saw a, uh, I saw a bumper sticker. You've probably seen it. It's got the Star of David. It's got the cross. It's got some other symbolism of world religions. It says coexist. In other words, the idea in the culture is if you're going to have a religion, which most of them don't want anything, they would embrace atheism. But if you're going to have an ism, one way is as good as another because it's all man-made religions anyway. Let's just get along and let everybody find their own way. Well, Jesus said, I am the way. Now, he's a liar and a fraud, or he is the Son of God. And I love the fact that someone was telling me the other way. He said, you know why I'm following Jesus? Because every leader of every world religion is dead. Jesus is alive. And if I'm staking my eternal life on a, on a leader of a religion, I want the one that conquered death, not the one that death conquered. To me, it gets real simple. I'm following the one that the grave couldn't hold to verify everything else he said as true. And this Jesus, I talked to a man one time, and he was, uh, in his particular case, I forget what he was. There's so, so many things out there now. But he said, he said, you know, we believe, and he got real eloquent. You know, he got, it's amazing how people talk when they try to talk religious. True story, pastor, first funeral. He decided to wax eloquent. I wanted to use it at Ditter's funeral. You remember Ditter? We had the biggest time here. Ditter Doe, Elizabeth Baldry. I didn't use it at her funeral because it was, after all, a funeral. But, we, you know, she was in heaven and we knew it. And we know where she is this morning. I miss her. She sits right where you sit, just about right here all the time. And we used to have a good time. And I miss her every single day. I miss Alice every single day. I can't wait to see Jesus and see them again. But he waxed eloquent. He decided to get real religious. And, and he said, he said, what you see here, he wanted to illustrate when the spirit leaves the body, that's just the old bone bag where people lived and the spirit has gone to God, absent from the body, present with the Lord. He said, what you see here is just the shell. 
the nut has gone to heaven. <laughs> I mean, preachers try to get, you know, just try to get all religious. Young Korean guy. Went to Bible college and wanted support to go back to South Korea and preach the gospel. He was going to deliver a sermon, and they let him go out to churches from Moody Seminary to practice his preaching. And so he went out to a church, and he preached his best. He had this little English. He had learned a sermon, a 10-minute sermon in English. And he delivered it and delivered it to the best of his ability. And he couldn't wait to hear the response from the audience. So as we're going out, people shook his hand and said, you are a model preacher. And he, he didn't know what model meant. He just, you know, he didn't know, is it, is it good or bad? You are a model preacher. And he went back with his, to his roommate who spoke more English than he did. And he said, he said, how did you do? He said, I don't know, but somebody met me and said, you are a model preacher. What model mean? And the guy looked at him and said, small replica of the real thing. <laughs> it kind of let the starch out of you. Amen. Can't take a lot of confidence from that. I never cease to be amazed. That's why I try to stay in the Word of God. That's why I try to stay within Scripture. That's why I pray that what I preach here could be preached in any Christian church anywhere. Amen. That it's not something that is unique to Pentecostals. It's something that is, that is universal. It's God's Word. Rightfully divided. Study. Study. Study, 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 study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightfully dividing the word of truth. Can you say amen? Because when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He just loves when you open your Bible, open your mind, open your heart to get in there and say, look at this. Do you see this? Praise God. Hallelujah. And when you get it by revelation, it's for yourself. It's different when someone just told you it. You see it for yourself. So here we got a lady that talks in tongues, prophesies over others is evangelizing with her husband that God told her she could leave the one she had to get, which violated the Word of God, and that should have been the end of it. Nobody should have showed up. That should have been the end of it. Well, a few people didn't in Florida, so they went to Georgia, and no one knew the background. And it was in Georgia that she found out the truth about the guy that she hooked up with. And it was in Georgia that she realized she had been hoodwinked and hornswoggled and that she had been deceived. And the man, it took the man she was with beating her up. Now, there are people out there right now that claim leadings from the Lord and prophets and prophetesses who are making decisions that indicate that if the Holy Spirit had any control over their life, He would have never got them in the mess they are in. 
Can you say amen? amen? And all of the thus saith and all of the spiritual dreams and visitations they claim. I'll look for somebody, amen, that's going to stay with the word of God. Somebody that's going to bear fruit in their. I'll look for fruit before anointing, appointing, any other claim. In fact, I'll look for Christ-likeness. I'll look for the mind of Christ. So when she realized it, she came back to Florida. She left him and said, this is wrong. I have sinned. I want to get right with God. I want to get reconciled to my husband. I did the wrong thing, and I'm praying God will forgive me. And I believe when you pray that way, he does forgive. But she came back to Florida. She moved into a little trailer with her son and wanted reconciliation with her husband, and he would have taken her back. He was a very sweet, humble, kind-hearted man. You might know about this, Brother Hawks. You know. He came to the trailer. He came with a gun. Now, these are the prophesied, tongue-talking, got a hold of the wrong spirit, got away from the Word of God people. He came with a gun. Her son put up his hand to try to defend his mother, and he took a bullet through his hand. But his mother took a bullet in her body. And she was killed. And he got in his van. And he drove up on Highway 301. And he headed north. And somewhere after 911 was called and they knew what had happened, they pulled him over near the Hillsborough River State Park. This is home. This is not something way off. This is in our front porch. This is in our towns, our community. The devil don't care who you are. He don't care if you've got the Holy Ghost or don't. If you'll listen to him, he'll lie to you. The first piece of armor is not the sword. The first piece of armor is not the shoes. It's not the shield. It's not the helmet. When the Roman soldier got up, everything hinged on this thing. Let your loins be girt about with truth. Let your loins, the loins of your mind, be girt about with truth. Everything hinges on that. She's dead. Her son is wounded and this man is on the run. When they pulled him over, he knew. There's nowhere else to run. And he killed himself near the state park in a van, Highway 301. If you had been in the churches we grew up in, you might have been in the line to have hands laid on you, to experience a feeling. You might have said, well, it must be God. She talks in tongues. It must be God. He says things that only God could know about me. Oh, somebody else knows things about you too. That's why the occult is forbidden knowledge. That's what it means. It's knowledge 
out in a realm that God has forbidden us to look into or move into. But the devil don't care what's forbidden. He's a lawbreaker from the beginning. And he's seriously committed to our destruction. And our weapon to overcome him is truth. He's a liar. He's a murderer from the beginning. Why? Because he's a liar. He couldn't have hurt them if they hadn't believed and received his lie. And the armor is so we can stand against the wiles, the strategy of deceit. He can't deceive you. He can't destroy you. He can't do it. He just can't do it. He's got to deceive in order to destroy. And the Bible said many false prophets will go out and they shall deceive many. These are not the Satanists. They can't deceive me. I don't listen to a word they got to say. Amen. It's not the atheist. I don't listen to a word they have to say. But these people come parading as preachers and prophets and ministers of righteousness. And deception is serious. Very serious. So I encourage people. I like to see people look at me funny when I say something. Because I like to think you're going to go home and get in the Bible. Hallelujah. I like to think you're going to check me out. Hallelujah. And I'd like to think that I'm preaching enough scripture that I can validate biblically to you what we're teaching from this pulpit up here. I remember one time I got a little scared. I quoted a scripture and didn't know exactly chapter and verse. Because I don't remember chapter and verse all the time, most of the time. But I know it's in the Bible and I can find it if I need to. But I wanted to state it accurately. But there was a man came to our church. His daddy was set on the board of regents of, of uh, where Falwell preached. That university. Liberty University. He sat on the board of regents of Liberty University and taught the adult Sunday school class of a large church, uh, Baptist church here in Tampa, Florida. So anyway, he taught that Bible class and he had heard a tape from our ministry on a Sunday morning. And on that tape, I said, among David's mighty men were the sons of Issachar. They didn't carry swords and shields. They gave the right strategy for victory to Israel. They were men of understanding of the times that Israel might know what to do. And they were mightily anointed for that purpose. I quoted that scripture and I got a, the very next Sunday, I got that daddy's phone number. He said, tell Brother Venable to call me because I haven't found that in the Bible. And I want to know where it is because I said that to my Sunday school class. And I thought, well, I'd like to know where it is myself. I've forgotten. <laughs> I hope I said it right. And before I could call him, when I got my Strong's Concordance and just, you know, found where it was and marked it down, I got a, I got a call from his son, and his son told me, he said, oh, by the way, Daddy called me because he had a Strong's Concordance too, and you can look it up, It'll get one word. He said he called me, and he said, he said tell your preacher... I found it. And it's just like he said it. And I thought, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I was on the hot seat. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. I appreciate that, Holy Spirit. I really need you to help me get it right. But ultimately, we need the Word of God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't want to ever see the shipwreck. And I could tell you other stories that would curl your toenails. And I don't want your toenails curled. Can you say man? I want you to be free in Jesus. I want you to know the Word of God well enough. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but they tell me in, in banks, you see them looking? Now they've got certain things they look for. You, give them, you think you're giving them monopoly money, or you give them one of those bigger bills that's got all those colors on it, and they're holding it up to the light. They tell me that they hold them responsible. reason they're holding up the lot and looking at it, even in a Circle K, if it's a 50 or bigger or whatever, you know, most counterfeited money, most counterfeiters don't counterfeit ones. If they're going to get in trouble, they want to get something out of it. But they're marked now differently. But before they started putting all these special marks to go against counterfeiters, they looked almost like the others. All the colors, all the ink, and the paper looked the same. But there would be some discrepancy. And here's what they tell me that they found out. They didn't teach them to look for what was wrong. They didn't teach them to study the counterfeit bill because there were so many variations. They taught them to study the authentic $50 bill. Just look at it until you know it. Both sides of it and every little nuance on it. And when you get a counterfeit after studying the real and the genuine, some little flag goes off up there in, in the cranium. Can you say, man, the computer says, whoa. And there are little flags. And you need to listen to them and get your Bible out. Hallelujah. And pray about it and ask God to show you. When that little flag comes up, it doesn't matter if people are falling out. If the, listen, if the blind lead the blind, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many people are following the blind man. Everybody's going in the same era, the same ditch together. Can you say amen? But I'll tell you something about the Word of God. It's a lamp to your feet. It's a light to your pathway. Praise God. I said it's a lamp to your feet and it's a light to your pathway. Glory to God. I did not intend to preach that today. I want to talk to you about the soon coming of Jesus. But until He comes, until He comes, we've got to understand who we are and where we are. And we've got to put on the armor of light. The armor of light. Glory to God. Brother Venable, I feel led. You may be truly led of the Spirit. But I am not going to accept that because you said it. And if I just tell you I feel led, I hope you're confident in my leading. But I hope... That you don't just do something because I say I feel it. And I do get leadings. I was led to preach this sermon. You can believe it or not. But if I told you God has led me to go out on the evangelistic field and go to Cuba now that it's open. Well... That's between me and God. It better be God. 
If it's God, he'll open the door, give me the plane ticket, and I won't get put in jail, and I'll win souls to Jesus. Or I'll get put in the jail and still win souls to Jesus. If it's God. But here's what I want you to zero in on. If, you, if I give you the scripture, and you're a Christian, embrace it. Don't reject it. Don't look for some way around it. Don't go with what you feel. Go with what God says in His Word. It'll be a lamp to your feet. It'll be a light to your pathway. Because we have an unction from the Holy One to know these things. And strong meat, and I don't have any pablum for you. Strong meat belongs to them that are full age, that are mature. And you've got to grow up. Everybody needs to grow up. We can't afford to keep giving milk to babies who can't discern these things. We've got to grow up. Grow up. Not just grow old. You say, Brother Venable, I've been saved 50 years. Good for you. But in this race, it's not how long you've been on the road. It's how far you have traveled. Can you say amen? You can have gray hair and still... You and I know some people with... Not you and... My hair is getting gray. But it's not, it's not the fact that you've been in the way this long. How, how sensitive are you to the leading of the Holy Spirit because you're already applying the Word of God? You cannot be led of the Spirit if you're not applying the Word of God to your life. The same surrender to the Lordship of Jesus by applying His Word to your life brings the sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. You can't be led of the Spirit without surrendering to the authority of God's Word. But once you do surrender to God's Word, then you have a teachable spirit. Amen. And then, guess what? The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And He won't lead you into temptation. He will deliver you from evil. And from the evil one. Praise God. And you will know victory in your life in spite of all of hell's minions. By the way, minions are not them yellow guys. Can you say amen? They're the demons that work in conjunction with the devil. I want the truth to hit me between the eyes. I want to hear it in my ears and in my heart. I don't want to go to a doctor if I've got a brain tumor that gives me an aspirin. I don't want him to tell me, take Take some Tylenol. I want him to tell me the truth. And if I need surgery and they can remove it and they can get it all, go in there and get it. Get it out. Tell me the truth. I don't want to go to no phony doctor that just wants my money and and make me feel good so I'll come back to him because he never tells me anything is wrong with me. I want him to tell me the truth about my condition so that it can be addressed If there's a cancer in me, I want it cut out of me. If there's a tumor growing, I want surgery immediately. Can you say, man, if that's what it takes. I don't want to go to a phony doctor, and I don't want to hear no phony preacher either. Can you say, man? Amen. Amen. I'm serious about my soul. I don't want to hear no phony preacher. I don't want him to care if I ever come back. I I don't want him to care if I look ugly at him while he's preaching. i got to tell you this real quick. I worked for Tampa Electric for six years on a line crew. And those linemen were some tough eggs. 
they, they, I mean, it was a tough job. And I remember a lineman. I, my job was, as a groundman was to send him everything he needed, operate the line truck, set the pole, hang the transformer, and all the other stuff. I was kind of like the chuck wagon on a cattle drive. You know, everything was on my truck, and I did all of that stuff. And I would, part of my responsibility, which very few people took seriously, was to watch him. Watch him. Watch him. If I see something that I think, he's more experienced, he's up there, I'm down, but I can see from a perspective that he may not see. And if he does something that I think is unsafe or he is in some kind of danger, I was to call out and say, hey, do you see that wire right there? Hey. You want to cover that up before you do this? I'm not his boss. He's my boss. But he saw me watching him. Now, if I, the day of the iPhone, you know what people would be doing now. You know what they would be doing. He's on his own. I'm texting. See about my loan. He came down, and he said, they call me Rev on the line crew. He said, Rev, he said, if you see danger from your point of view, he said, I want you to holler at me and tell me, you may be wrong. You may, be, you may not even know exactly what you're talking about. If you think something is dangerous and you see it, he said, I want to thank you for watching me. He said, if you see it, I want you to call out. He said, when I come down, David, he said, he said I may be tired and wore out and fatigued. and ten- Hey, I know what I'm doing. He said, I don't care what I say. He said, I want to go home to my family at the end of the day. And I'm working with 7,620 volts. That's the lowest voltage there is to work with on a line. It goes all the way from that to 69,000 and from that to 130,000. And friend... <laughs> It'll run wood. It'll run rubber. It will run. It'll kill you. And it'll kill you that quick. And he said, so you tell me if you see something. Well, I have made a commitment. If if you're here and you have behavior that is dangerous, God is going to. You say, Brother Venable, is God going to. Do you preach just to make me uncomfortable? No, I preach to keep you safe. To keep you safe. To keep you safe. To keep you safe. To keep you. It may be uncomfortable to your flesh, but if it keeps you safe, that's what this thing is all about. God don't want you deceived. God don't want you destroyed. And God wants you to continue in His Word. Hallelujah. So the devil can't hornswoggle you. And the devil can't hoodwink you. And the devil can't trick you. And the devil can't hurt you. And the devil can't harm you. Because the truth will make you free. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Will you stand up and give Him praise today? Hallelujah. Just stand up and give Him praise. I'm going to ask a question. Hallelujah. I believe with all of my heart that God is going to open doors in these last days like He's never opened them before. We need a clear word from the Lord. Every time the anointing comes on Sean, he says the same thing. Brother Venable, God has saved the best for the last. 
Take courage. God has saved the best for the last. I talked to evangelists that used to come and preach for us. Is still preaching, Brother R.E. Spain. He sent me some. He sent me some materials. Down at the bottom, he pinned Brother Venable. Brother Venable, and thank God he said he said just what you said. He said you may think you're a small church, and you may think this is this is all it's come to. He said, but God has saved the best for the last. How God's not through with you yet. Hallelujah. You know, I'm at a place now, small isn't going to make any difference. It makes no difference to God to say by many or by few. Hallelujah. How many know there's an anointing here that could break any yoke that the devil could put on anybody? If they want to be free, there's an anointing here to set them free. And there's a word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank God for the young man that came down last Sunday. God's in the process of setting him free. Hallelujah. Make no mistake about it. God's word is powerful. Hallelujah. It's powerful. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyone in this room with every head bowed just for a moment. Brother Venable, I want to get deeper in God's word. I want to get to where I'm more sensitive to his truth and his voice so that I can be led by the Holy Spirit in these very dangerous days. I want to see your hand. I want to get deeper in God's Word. I want to go deeper. I want to be truly sensitive enough to the Lord that I can be led by the Holy Spirit. He'll lead me into truth, and the truth will make me free and keep me free. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You know what that does? That, that allows the Holy Spirit to bring God's whole counsel to you. Hallelujah. 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 And in the multitude of counsel, there is strength. I want to see everybody in this room in heaven when I get there. I want to see you there when we get there together. I don't want to see nobody miss heaven. So that if there's anyone here that's not ready to go to heaven you don't know that your soul is saved and you're deceiving yourself and the devil is telling you you just keep waiting you wait you wait you don't want to make that kind of commitment you don't want to make that commitment to follow christ you just hold back hold back hold back he's a liar and the father of it and what you're feeling right now is the Holy Spirit trying to keep you safe. He ain't trying to make you uncomfortable. There are people that have wanted to run out of this building. They were under such deep conviction. They wanted to break that loving drawing of the Holy Spirit. Don't run from God. Run to Him. Hallelujah. There's more than, more than whether you go home to your family. <laughs> There's more at stake here. Hallelujah. These are the last of the last days. The Spirit speaks expressly that some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. Doctrines of devils. Many false prophets shall go out into the land and deceive many. Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh is antichrist. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. 
Listen, church, we're down to the end. Our brothers and sisters are dying around the world for the faith that many of us are not treating with the respect and devotion we need to treat it with. God hasn't asked you to die for him yet in America. It may come to that. I can't promise you it will not. I will promise you this, and I will proclaim this. If they are willing to die for him, the least we can do is truly live for him. Can you say amen? If any man tries to climb up any other way, he's the same as a thief and a robber because he's robbing Christ of his rightful place as sovereign and Savior. It was his blood that bought our freedom on the cross. No one else's. It's exclusive to Jesus. It's the only pure, sinless blood ever shed by a man who never sinned. Hallelujah. It's the only blood that God could accept as a sacrifice. These are those days. These are those days. These are the days of Elijah. That was a prophecy given to someone who put, now it's in, put to song and put to music. But I believe there's a, there is a prophetic message coming forth right now. And not just from prophets, but from every preacher that is led by the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be just a prophet to bring a prophetic message. Can you say man? And I believe we're in that day we need to hear. Before the first coming of Jesus, the last in the line of the Old Testament line of prophets, John the Baptist, came out of the wilderness teaching, repent, make the crooked path straight, prepare ye the way of the Lord. And we're here now just about ready for the second coming, the secret coming for the church and the second coming of Christ. And the message is being brought right now by every person who's in touch with God. Make the crooked path straight. Hallelujah. 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 The message of repentance is coming back. It's got to come back. We can't have a revival without it. Can you say amen? And we've got to embrace it and receive it. Repent and make the crooked path straight. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. There were so many hands went up a while ago. God is going to lead you through all of this tumult and trouble and confusion and deception. His word's going to get so bright, <laughs> hallelujah, that the darkness cannot woo you, cannot in any way get you off into error. This light will illuminate your feet. It will illuminate the pathway. Praise God. And we'll be able to help that light to shine to you by saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Let's give him praise in this room. Praise God. Let's give him, just before we leave, my great-grandmother used to say, let's have something sweet to quit off on. That's called dessert. Hallelujah. 